We are living through many of the major prophecies foretold to occur just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us that that day will not overtake us as a thief, so watch and be sober. Well, I'll tell you what we should be watching for on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. Are you watching the events the Bible tells us to be looking for? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1 through 6 says this, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write unto you. The Apostle Paul knew that it was going to be a while yet before some of these things took place. So he said, guys, you guys right here that I'm talking to, there's no need for me to write unto you. He says, for you guys know perfectly that the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. They didn't understand many of the prophecies, the Old Testament prophecies. They couldn't. And so to them, they just didn't know. And the Apostle Paul said in verse 3, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But verse 4 says this, and the Apostle Paul's talking to us. He says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day would overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Then he says this, this is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep. In other words, let us not just amble through life not paying attention to anything. Let us not go through this in a sleep state as others are doing, but let us watch and be sober. Because you watch these events that are coming and you'll know about the timing and the times and seasons and when this thing's going to wrap up. And it should put a sense of urgency in you I've got to get myself ready. I've got to get my friends, family, my sphere of influence ready and make sure I can get as many people ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So what I want to do today is to make sure that these events that we should be watching for, many of them, we're living through them. But if you don't understand the prophecies of the Bible, <clears throat> it's going to keep you. You're going to be walking through life with like a blindfold on. And I want to make sure that these are on your radar. So, before I go into that, let me first mention First Cup Coffee. You know, you can imagine, with all of these things happening all around us, that we're essentially working day and night to keep up with all of it. We're energized by our, and motivated by our God-given purpose. But thankfully, when we come in here in the mornings, and even, even uh, I've got some little Keurig and different things that I can use at my house, we drink first cup coffee. And these guys, they're a Christian old Patriot coffee company out of Texas. They've got a, 11 different roasts that you can choose from. It's very important to all the coffee drinkers out there. And they're named after specific pieces of American history. It's pretty cool. Go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll give you an additional 10% off. 
Go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. Now, 2 Timothy verses 4, 1 through 5. I want to get into my first topic here because the Bible says there will be people that don't really have a love for the truth in the end time. And that's where this first story is going to come into this. So I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV. 2 Timothy verses 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. It says this, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Now he's talking to ministers here, people in the ministry. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. I'm, I'm, a, I'm adjuring you here. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching or sound doctrine in the King James Version. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. In other words, I'm going to go to a church or a religious organization that will teach me what I want to do. I've got my own passions, things I want to do, lifestyles I want to live, so I'm going to go to a church that allows me to do that and will tell me that I'm saved. Okay, there's a danger there, because what if some of those things don't align with the Word of God? Now you got a problem, right? Well, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul said that the, the time would come when people would not endure sound teaching or sound doctrine, but having itching ears that they would accumulate for themselves teachers, they would look for teachers or <clears throat> quote-unquote preachers that would teach them or preach to them things that would align with their own passions and that they would turn away from listening to the truth. If you ever get to the point where you can turn away from the truths, the doctrines of the Bible, and say, well, I know the Bible says that, but I think I, I want to live this way, so I'm going to look for a church that, even though the Bible says that, that they will say that I can still be saved and, and do certain things. This is what the Apostle Paul is teaching here. And he said that there will come a time when people are going to turn away from listening to the truth, and they're going to wander off into myths. But he says, as for you, always be sober-minded, enduring suffering. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. So, there's a lot in these verses here, but when we're talking about living in the end time, everybody under the sound of my voice and everybody that will watch this across for the rest of this week around the world, I want you to know that we are we will be judged someday, the Bible says, according to our works. The Bible says, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. What's really going on here? Does, does this person have a love for the truth? Are they going to walk by the principles that are set forth in the Word of God? This is what God's looking for, and are headed in the right direction, away from their past lifestyle, into a godly lifestyle where Jesus Christ would be the Lord 
of your life. A lot of people will say, well, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, but have you accepted Him as the Lord of your life? Which means I'm going to align up to... I'm going to align up the way I live my life with the Word of God and those principles. But there are people today, and this is one of the things that I wanted to cover because the Bible says that there will be people in the last days that would, walk, that would live alternative, different lifestyles than the Bible teaches us to live, but yet they would seek out religious organizations that would tell them that's okay to live that way. Okay? The Bible says in Luke 17, 29 through 30, but on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, you understand the situation in Sodom. The Bible says in the book of Jude that they were given over to every sexual perverse desire. And of course, the word Sodom comes from um, or the word sodomy comes from Sodom. And you understand that the, the homosexuality was, was the prevalent sin. The men of the city actually came and wanted Lot to turn the two angels that were there in the form of, a, in, in the form of two men out to them so they could uh, have a relation with them. And so very prevalent sin. So the Bible says that it would be that, uh, Luke said, but on the day that Lot came out of, uh, went out of Sodom and it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all, even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So again, the book of Jude, every perverse sexual desire, things that people just wanted to do whatever, just whatever makes me feel good or whatever whim I have, I want to be able to live like that or do that, and, but yet I want to feel, I want somebody to tell me that I'm saved. I want somebody to bless my lifestyle. And so the, the Apostle Paul said that there will come a time when people would not endure sound doctrine, the doctrines of the Bible, but yet they would look for teachers and preachers and pastors that would, in, in religious organizations that would say, well, you're okay. We'll, we will bless your lifestyle. And folks, we're seeing it right now. You say, Dave, what are we talking about here? I'm talking to you about things that you need to be watching for that will be in place just prior to, leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Luke said, that even as it was in the days of Sodom, that's the way it's going to be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So, I watch all these prophecies. The, the Seattle Times, they came out with an article the other day, and I, I didn't have, I was doing some other things, and I wasn't able to mention it on the program. But they came out, and the title of the article from the Seattle Times was this, How to Deal with same-sex unions, and they say this. They say it's a question fracturing major Christian denominations. Okay. So, what, what is a Christian? They say that these are Christian denominations that are wrestling with, with this. But a true Christian is somebody who has been born again and is seeking to live their life by 
the things that Christ taught us and the things that are in God's Word. That's a Christian. I want to live my life. I want to be Christ-like. So, when we look at this, in this article, how to, how to deal with same-sex union, it's a question fracturing major Christian denominations. To me, if you're a Christian denomination, if you call yourself a Christian denomination, you shouldn't be wrestling with this. But it says this, and this is an excerpt from the article. Catholics around the world are sharply divided by the Vatican's recent declarations giving priests more leeway to bless same-sex couples. Okay? Now, to me, as a Christian minister, I don't have to wrestle with it because whatever the Bible says, that's my position. Okay? But there are some people that are call themselves Christian, but they say they're wrestling with this because their organization, religious organization that they belong to, is started to allow to tell people or to bless some of these unions rather than saying this is sin and that you can't live this way and go to heaven. But yet the Apostle Paul said that there would be people that because they did not receive a love for the truth, that they would not, they would quit listening to the truth, that they would seek out teachers that would agree with and support and advocate their different lustful desires, their desires of their heart, rather than what the Word of God says. Because, you see, you cannot trust your flesh. Your flesh will send you to hell. Okay? I'm not looking to my flesh. My flesh, my flesh born in sin, shape and iniquity. Every human being. That's why Jesus called the plan of salvation he would purchase on Calvary to be born again. Going to give you a, a brand new start. When you repent, you're baptized, you're, all of your sins are washed away. God doesn't remember them anymore. You've been, you have went out from under the law of death and you've went un, into the um, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 says, The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. <laughs> Excuse me. You have to pardon me, I'm still dealing with a cold here a little bit. So, in this article, Catholics around the world are sharply divided by the Vatican's recent declaration giving priests leeway to bless same-sex couples. So there are... Catholic priests and different things around the world that are saying, what in the world is Pope Francis doing here? And it says that supporters, I'm quoting from the article, supporters of the LGBTQ inclusion, they welcome the move, of course, but some conservative bishops, they assail that the new policy as a betrayal of the church's condemnation of sexual relationships between gay or lesbian partners which has been their position up to this point, according to this article. Well, it goes on to say, strikingly, the flare-up of debate in Catholic ranks coincides with developments in two other international Christian denominations, the Global Anglican Communion and the United Methodist Church. That, and they are fracturing 
over differences in LGBTQ-related policies, which means some of them are wanting to adopt and to be able to ordain LGBTQ in their pulpits and to bless and to make, say those unions are okay, and then other people in those religious organizations are saying, no, we, that's absolutely diametrically opposed to the Word of God. So they say they're fracturing over this. And since Pope Francis has recently said that you can now bless same-sex unions, those relationships, there's a lot of people in the Catholic Church scratching their head going, uh, what? So taken together, it's a dramatic illustration of how in a religion that stresses God's love for humanity, that divisions over marriage, sexuality, and the inclusion of gays and lesbians are proving insurmountable for the foreseeable future in many sectors of this quote-unquote Christianity. Now, again, let me go back to the title, The Seattle Times, How to Deal with Same-Sex Unions. It's a question fracturing major Christian denominations. Okay. So, remember, the Apostle Paul said that I charge you who God will judge at the time of His appearing. You ministers out there, he's saying God's looking at what you're teaching, and would you condone sin and say, well, I, I understand the Bible says this, but we're going to say that it's okay. Now that's a very diff dangerous position to be in. Number one, from a minister. Number two, as an individual that attends your congregation, because they're going to go there every Sunday and you're going to say that their lifestyle they're living is okay, and yet the Bible's diametrically opposed to it. We're going to give an account to God someday according to our works. Read Revelation chapter 20, the account of the great white throne judgment. So, what are we talking about here? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. I don't have to sit here and wrestle, well, what should I do here? What should I believe? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says this, the Apostle Paul, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm not singling out the LGBTQ community here. I wanted to read these scriptures here because of the, the article I, I just mentioned in the Seattle Times that these church organizations, they shouldn't be wrestling with this. D the Apostle Paul said, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And then there's a period there. So I cannot come along as a God-called minister and say, well, I think that, you know, if you're a thief and you want to live that way, you know, I think that God would allow us to bless that lifestyle. No, the Bible says that thieves are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So, thieves, but then it also says here, 
homosexuals or sodomites. So, when I see some of these church organizations that are now allowing to bless these relationships and to actually ordain some of them in their pulpits as ministers and to say, well, it's okay. That's why the Methodist church is just splitting white and right in two. Thousands of organizations are pulling out of the Methodist church right now. But the thing is, the Bible said, the Apostle Paul said, it's going to be like that. There's people who are going to come. They're not going to have a true love for the truth anymore. And they're going to seek teachers that will allow them to do their own desires and yet tell them they're saved. The Apostle Paul said, none of these are going to inherit the kingdom of God. But then he says this, you say, well, all hope is lost. I've done some of this stuff and I'm just going to go to hell. No, that's not the case. You have a choice to make. You can decide, I'm going to walk away from that and I'm going to live for God all the days of my life. The Bible's telling right here. The Apostle Paul was dealing with in the church in Corinth. And he said, none of these, don't, you guys don't be deceived. None of these are going to make it to heaven. But he says, but such were. Remember, he's teaching to the church in Corinth. He says, but here's the hope that lies in all of this. Such were some of you. But now you've been washed. You've been sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. So there were people in the church in Corinth that had done these things, but yet they were saved out of it. They were born again. They were given a, grand, a brand new start, as has every person that's ever lived that is born again and ready to meet the Lord at the coming rapture. But we've got to talk about these things, right? Because there are people, and my goal is to get people ready for the second coming. That's the goal of this whole thing. So we need to talk about these things sometime because this is as much a prophecy in the book of Luke chapter 17 as the world government in Revelation 13. It's, it's just as much of a Bible prophecy as the mark of the beast or the coming battle of Armageddon or the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's going to be this way and I'm telling you, we are there. So, we'll get in more detail in it in just a moment. Let me mention Birch Gold real quick. You know, these world governing enthusiasts, they're having the World Economic Forum right now, and a lot of different things are happening. They want to impose these digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. And they can even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products, freeze or even seize your bank accounts. In essence, it gives you more, the, the government's more control over your finances. So there are some people who are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a, a, a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free info kit on gold. If you, maybe you've got an IRA or a 401 that has been collecting dust for years, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. And some people feel very comfortable having gold on hand. Go to birchgold.com slash endtime. Claim your free info kit on gold because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, and I mean they're pushing it in the majority of nations on the planet, you may wish you had some gold to fall back on. Now, 
One more scripture I want to read here. You said, well, what do we do? Our organization, the organization I belong to, they're the ones doing this stuff. And, but, and I've seen my organization, I'm saying whoever out there, um, I've seen my, you say, well, Dave, I've seen my organization do some things that are diametrically opposed to the Word of God. So, what do you do? Well, the Bible tells us, Revelation 18, 4 and 5, talking about the false religions in the end time, things that would do things that are diametrically opposed to the Word of God. The Bible says, Revelation 18, 4 and 5, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. There may come a time in the near future when you may have to leave an organization that you may have been raised in because maybe, that maybe they've walked away from how they originally started or some of the different, uh, many, many religions today were started with wonderful intentions started out very godly organizations and uh, with a, a right purpose in mind, but because of this, the uh, peer pressures in society and different things that have happened, they have um, you know fudged a little bit here and moved and compromised a little bit here, and then, oh, there's another peer pressure, so I'm going to compromise a little bit here, and you know, I know the Word of God says that, but uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a one, a, a, a 5,000 person congregation here, or there's, or there's, you know, 20 million people in our organization and they're really pressuring us, the boards to uh, move off of this thing because it's so, uh, you know, it's a, 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 this issue is just so divisive. And even though the Bible's crystal clear, the Bible didn't make it divisive, the churches did. They've said, well, we, we're just going to compromise just to appease most of the people in our organizations and, but what about the Word of God? That's the number one thing. We're all going to be judged here before very long according to our works. Again, read Revelation chapter 20, the account of the great white throne. The Bible says many times according to their works. God is watching what we do. And so it's very important. I wanted to mention this today because I want these things to be on our radio. And I may do several programs on these different, different topics throughout this week. Because if you don't understand the prophecies, I could go over a million news articles. But if you don't understand the prophecies, what's the point? But I want to do some deep dive into some of these prophecies and say, okay, here's what's really going on. And look at what's going on in the world. And folks, we're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's right around the corner. And I've got to make sure I'm ready. I got to get my friends, family, and all my sphere of influence. I've got to tell them the truth because I'm accountable for that. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned on what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500 year old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One third of humanity 
will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 end time. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Well, welcome back, everybody. And I want to let you know about a conference I'm going to be at. We had a great conference at Garland here this weekend. Garland, Texas, my home church. I'm going to be doing a prophecy conference next weekend in Winsboro, Louisiana. At the Winsboro UPC 2510 Loop Road, Winsboro, Louisiana, uh, 71295. I'll be there Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. doing the Green Horseman in World War III. And then Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, we'll be back there doing Breaking Prophecy News and we'll have an evangelistic service there as well. So um, looking forward to a great time in Winsboro, Louisiana this weekend. Look forward to seeing you there. Um, and if you're anywhere in that area, just come over there and be with us. It's going to be awesome. And I got a brand new lesson. I taught it for the first time this weekend. And man, it is a very eye-opening lesson. So you got to be there. It'll help you understand really what's going on in the Middle East. Now, with that said, before I go into... Uh, the World Economic Forum here. Let me talk about Ready Pantry. You know, as Americans, we because of all this crazy nonsense that's going on with our food and different things, you know, we, we as Americans, we want to believe that the grocery stores are always going to be there, right? But they're, they're attacking our farmers and, and pesticides and fertilization and all everything on our farmers. It's really, I mean, I love our farmers because without our farmers, we have no food, right? But we've seen a few years ago that supply chains, could, they, can, they can collapse, food supplies can diminish, and so we pray for the best and we prepare, right? I mean, what if there was a way you could have an affordable three-month emergency supply of food? Well, there is. Readypantry.com slash endtime offers amazing 25-year shelf-stable food. It includes breakfast, lunch, dinners, even desserts. And, you know, and it's just a peace of mind you get knowing that you have an emergency supply for anything. I just read today where ERCOT, I've uh, got it pulled up here, the Texas grid operator asked residents to conserve energy, unplug their appliances amid this bitter cold snap here in Texas because they were under the same system that crashed down in the Houston and the southern region of Texas three years ago. We're on the same thing, re relying on uh, wind turbines and stuff. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. This is from the Gateway Pundit. Why hasn't Texas built 10,000 coal-fired power plants or something to make sure that doesn't ever happen again? Do they think a cold snap's not ever going to happen again? Okay, wow. 
Uh, I just saw this article before I came in here. I was sharing it with the guys. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. So, you know, we, we're, we're preparing for stuff. Ready Pantry, it's an American-based company with all the products sourced right here in America. You're not going to be disappointed. And, you know, there's food storage companies on the Internet. They're giving you stuff that's been in their warehouses for years. Ready Pantry doesn't do that. They use the freshest products packaged within a few months ago, and that's what's delivered to your door. Ready Pantry, they, also, they, also, they offer discounts up to 20% off for 3 to 12 months supplies. So go to readypantry.com slash endtime. Use code endtime and save an additional 10% off of your order. And there's, you never pay any shipping on your orders. You can also stock your pantry with buy now, pay later options that are available at checkout. So go to readypantry.com slash endtime. Now, let me talk to you about the World Economic Forum. I read an article uh, by, went, th went through an article by Ben Shapiro this weekend, uh, and he was talking about what America needs to know about the World Economic Forum's agenda. And I actually agree with him. And, uh, you know, the, the, the World Economic Forum is this, um, all of these elites fly in there and they eat big steaks and they go to parties and they, they talk about stuff, but what it's designed to do is to push the sustainable development goals. They work, they work with the Council for Inclusive Capitalism and the Linda Forrester Rothschild and all of them. At the end of the day, they're pushing stakeholder capitalism and a, a reset of capitalism. They're pushing a socialistic agenda is what they're doing. That's what the sustainable development goals are. So if you really want to know, in essence, what's going on at the World Economic Forum, we could go through all of the little topics, but once you understand the grand design, it's pretty easy to see, I don't have to go through all the topics. I know what's going to come out of there, a socialistic agenda. The World Economic Forum, according to Daily Wire, uh, it was established back in 71 um, by a German engineer and economist and a professor with a master's from Harvard. You guys know his name, Klaus Schwab. He was the originator of a theory of governments and markets that he called stakeholder capitalism. He wrote a book on it way back in the early 70s. And he defined uh, the, it in opposition to shareholder capitalism. So this is the absolute concrete foundation of Klaus Schwab's mindset. Um, moving off of shareholder capitalism, which is what built America into what it is today. That you, the, the, the American dream, I want to start a business, I'm going to work my fingers to the bone, and I'm eventually, me and my people that have invested in the business, we will make a profit, and we will be able to reap the benefits of that because we had all the um, responsibility and, and the pressure and from making this business work. So we get to reap the benefits, right? However, Klaus Schwab doesn't see it that way. He pushes moving off of shareholder capitalism onto stakeholder capitalism. Shareholder capitalism, you know, when businesses primarily focus on returns for the investors, stakeholder capitalism suggests that businesses should answer to the world at large. What they want to do is, is socialism is when they would come in and take over the economy and uh, the, the state would have the principal, own the principal means of production and no private property and things like that. But what stakeholder capitalism is, in essence, it's soft sell 
socialism. You can run your business, you can have a successful business, but Klaus Schwab would like to do a great reset of capitalism to say that the community would be able to say what happened, what, where your profit is goes for the good of the community. Well, what is that going to do to a business owner? If you can say, man, you work your guts out, you can own your business, but the community is going to be able to say what goes, what, where your profit goes for the, for the good of the community as a whole. It's soft sell socialism. That's the essence. Uh, I heard a, a video recently, Klaus Schwab said that the thing I'm most proud of over all the years is that stakeholder capitalism is becoming mainstream. That's his driving mindset, folks, socialism. Well, in recent years, the World Economic Forum pushed for a, the great reset again of capitalism to transform industry in pursuit of the so-called fourth industrial revolution. All that stuff sounds wonderful. Man, we're going to have a fourth industrial revolution. No, they're going to put socialism on you. You want to know what's going on at the World Economic Forum? That's it. Because they're in alignment with the sustainable development goals of the United Nations, which is socialistic governance. So, this fourth industrial revolution, it sounds just like, man, we're being progressive. We're really moving ahead in, in our, and everything's going to get better. But it includes pushing the concepts of social sustainability, environmental sustainability, i.e., this, this uh, ERCOT using these wind turbines that freeze up when it gets super cold. What they're wanting to do here with ERCOT here in Texas, in this article, they're saying tomorrow morning, because the, the solar energy that we are relying upon here in Texas is, doesn't really be, it's not very efficient. It doesn't really kick in until about 9 or 10 o'clock. They're asking Texans to turn off anything that they absolutely can, not to run your pool pump, anything like that, from 6 to 9 a.m. in the morning because they are afraid that something uh, bad will happen and that it's going to be strained and so they're asking us to do that. We might have power outages and all this other stuff. Now, if it happened three years ago, would you not have dumped all of these wind turbines out in the ocean somewhere? Or I guess that's, you can't do that because that's environmentally unsound. So, I mean, take the wind turbines and bury them somewhere and build coal-fired power plants. It's cheap energy drill for oil, whatever we got to do to solve the thing. But no, we didn't do that. So, Klaus Schwab is all about this. Environmental sustainability, wind turbines, that frees up, and uh, solar panels that don't really come online until about 10 in the morning. This is, it's, you guys, come on. But what are we talking about here? World government. This is World Government 101. Klaus Schwab is working with the, right alongside the United Nations. And they're pushing these things on global corporations. It's a call to revolutionize the world and how it currently works. The fourth industrial revolution. Almost certainly the new revelation, uh, revolution is going to look like top-down social engineering by the, the big brain all in the, the, the intelligentsia of society, all of these globalists that go to the World Economic Forum, and it's all in the name of smoothing out the bumps of technological 
change, right? It's all for the good, the common good. Regulators work hand in hand in glove with the big business to work out the rules for your life and my life. And it's also, um, you know, pushing this global agenda of elite control conflicted with traditional Western concepts like liberty and representative democracy, which were, they're disliked by the World Economic Forum, by the way. So, folks, in essence, the World Economic Forum's agenda aligns perfectly with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. The United Nations, it's really their socialistic blueprint to control every single person on the planet. I say socialistic because the plan <coughs> includes the socialistic principle of wealth redistribution. And they actually state in their plan that the reduction of inequality will only be possible if wealth is shared and income inequality is addressed. Socialism 101, the redistribution of wealth. They actually say it in their plan. And I refer to this as global governance of every aspect of every person on the earth because their plan also states that we commit to making fundamental changes in the way that our societies produce and consume goods and services, i.e. food, and, and many other things, governments, um, international organizations, and the business sector, and other non-state actors and individuals, they must contribute to changing unsustainable consumption. They say that is coal, oil, natural gas, and things like that. And uh, to wind turbines and solar power and electrical cars and all these other stuff. And uh, also our production patterns, the way we produce food and everything else. They want to control every aspect of your life. And you know, okay, think about this. I gave this scenario the other night to our, um, to the, at the conference I taught. Been doing some research lately about all this internet of things where everybody's connected and they want to know everything about your life. And I bought a humidifier the other night for my home. And it, it asked me to, it wanted me to connect it to Wi-Fi, a humidifier. And we also recently bought a Keurig, and they wanted me to connect the Keurig to Wi-Fi. So what are they doing here? It's called the Internet of Things. Everything is connected. Now you understand why they want to drive you to an electric vehicle. We'll talk about it on the, after the break. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. time is not going anywhere.
You know, everybody, I know that it kind of sounds like conspiracy theory, unless you, and, and I don't really like conspiracy theories. I want to I wanna teach stuff that I can document, right? But when you get us off into some of this stuff, it's like, man, this, that almost sounds kind of like conspiracy theory, but this isn't. The Internet of Things, connecting everything through, into computers and technical because they want to they wanna track and control everyone. So they, they, if they can get you all onto a 100% total digital footprint, then they can control you. What do you think they're trying to move all of our currencies, move off of cash onto a digital currency? Because it's easy to control you, right? But what if they want to control your travel? So if you've got an old vehicle uh, with a carburetor on it, how are they going to track you? They can't, right? You can fill it up with gas, go off across the country. If you leave your phone at home, because if you got a phone, they can track you with that. But if you leave your phone at home, let's say, you want to go somewhere. You leave your phone at home, you jump in your old pickup or your old car, and you just take off. But, and that's galling the people that want to control every single aspect of your life. So, the, the electric vehicle comes along. I've been in a Tesla, and a Tesla is basically... On the dash is a big computer screen. All the car is really is a big computer. And you're connected at that point. You've got apps. You've got all kinds of things that go along with an electric vehicle. And so they can track you everywhere you go. They're moving us off of cash to move us on a complete digital system. And they, if, they can, if they can get you your vehicle electric as well, it's part of the Internet of Things. I got, I got a, um, an article right here. The role of the Internet of Things in the electrical vehicle industry. There's, there's hundreds of articles on this stuff. And this is exactly what the things, the World Economic Forum system is thinking up. You know, it, it, it's, it, it all really sounds kind of frightening, right? I mean, that's because it, it is. And I'm not... I'm not saying frightening like I'm going to hide under the covers at night. No, I'm just saying it is, it's kind of apocalyptic. It shows me how close we are into these end times. The arrogance of the, the business and governmental elite seeking to control all of us is, it's absolutely breathtaking really what's going on. I heard Tucker Carlson last night, uh, I watched an inter, a um, debate he was recently in, and he said that there are 20,000 people, employees at Google, that just, uh, their, their sole reason for existence is to watch Google search engines and make sure that people that, uh, that they don't want, to, that, don't, that, that are giving out messages that don't fit their narrative, that they're either hidden, pushed to the back, you'll never find them, or you'd have to search for days to try to find them. And because it's all about control, control, control. They can, they can try to, when you do researches, you're trying to do research for, a, a, let's say, the presidential campaign. All you're going to find is the woke agenda, and that's what you'll get. 
it's almost impossible to find what's really going on unless you know specific websites and things to go to where they're putting out the truth. And I told uh, the, everybody at the conference the other night, I can no longer get on Facebook through Google Chrome. They cut me off. Now, I have to go through Safari to get on Facebook. Google Chrome will not allow me to go there. I, we've tried. My IT guys here have tried to help me, and we, I couldn't get to. They, they started sending me these messages uh, because I post all kinds of articles on my Facebook stuff. And I mean everything that you can. I want, I, I've got a narrative. I am a God-called minister who is using prophecies to inform people and prepare them, showing them the second coming of Jesus Christ is here, coming before very long. Let me show you how to be a part of his kingdom. That's really what my life is devoted to. And so I post articles and articles and articles and articles. Well, they don't like that. So they kept, they send me these messages. You're violating our, you know, all of these regulations and we're getting ready to ax you. Well, Google Chrome axed me. And now I go through Safari to post all of it. Um, but I'm just saying that it's control, control, control. It, and like, it's, it's really breathtaking. The policies discussed at Davos with the World Economic Forum, they shape the elite caste in nearly all these Western countries. When you hear about the end of the carbon-based fossil fuels, like a COP28, United Nations, COP28, uh, World Economic Forum, uh, Council for Inclusive Capitalism, all these things are working, they're working towards the same goal. I've been to the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, Linda Forster Rothschild, I've been to her website and it says, we're working with the World, World Economic Forum to drive the Sustainable Development Goals, which is the United Nations. They're all doing the same, they're working towards the same goal. They're all got all of their um, eggs in the same basket. So, when you hear about the end of carbon-based fossil fuels, which would be insane, or a global tax regime, or corporate governmental cooperation, a lot of that is coming from Davos, Switzerland, where, which is the World Economic Forum being held this week. And when those globalists get together at Davos, to understand that the ideas they are discussing, they will have a real-world effect on you, your business, your church, your family, all of that stuff. They're trying to control everything, you guys. But now you can understand why I want to do programs like this, because things are happening all around us. You say, well, Dave, I, you know, I bought an electrical vehicle because, uh, you know, just to kind of help me get back and forth to work and an in-town commuter and... You know, I, I wanted to try to uh, help the um, environment as much as I could. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just want you to know that that electric vehicle is connected to computers around the world. Okay? It's not just uh, another vehicle. And, again, an old 1970 Ford pickup with a carburetor in it. You jump in that thing, you can go across the country, nobody knows where you're at, unless you go by the cameras and everything they got set up. But I'm just saying, it's freedom. It's cash. Same thing. Cash is freedom. They don't want you to have freedom. 
They want to control and track everything. Now, this is where it sounds kind of like conspiracy theory, but it's not, folks. It's not conspiracy theory. That read articles on the Internet of Things, the Internet of Everything, IOT or IOE. It's all very, very real. But if it's not on your radar, I mean, I know there, there's people that are being led like a sheep to the slaughter. They don't have a clue. There are people that are advocating for a central bank digital currency. Like it's a good thing. That central bank digital currency is absolutely not a good thing. These things are one of the number one things I can see that are pointing us towards the mark of the beast. They're programmable. The, the central banks around the world, not the governments. Central bank has nothing to do with the government. Everybody thinks they do, they don't. The central bank is a cabal. It's a, it's a, um, it's a cabal of private bankers. It's a banking cartel, if you will, a global one. Everybody pushing central bank digital currencies around the world, they're, they are central banks. And they want to control the, the global economy. Well, what happened was when cryptocurrencies came out, Bitcoin and all these other ones, they started to, they were getting ready to be accepted by major retailers for currency. Again, Elon Musk, I remember the day that he said, I'm going to start taking Bitcoin as payment for Teslas. And I thought, man, our government, and well, I got a friend of mine, his brother sells, owns a company that sells cryptocurrencies. So I told him, I said, man, the government is getting ready to, I, I, well, I said the central bank is getting ready to attack cryptocurrencies for all they're worth because it would have been like a parallel currency in America and around the world. And I saw it as maybe a way, just maybe a way, that we could have bypassed the mark of the beast. If it, depending on the organizations and all this other stuff, I mean, I'm looking at everything. So, sure enough, as I was thinking all this stuff and reading everything I could get my hands on, talking to people, financial advisors, Joe Biden back in, uh, it was like March of 2021, or no, it was 2022, he came out with that executive order that said, no, we are going, he said, we, you know, so many people have been taken advantage of by these cryptocurrencies that this, our central bank, he, he says it's going to be a government backed, but it's the central bank, you guys. That's why our dollar bills and our currency says a Federal Reserve note. It doesn't say a United States note. It says a Federal Reserve note. There's a big difference there. The Federal Reserve runs our economy, and the Federal Reserve is really the one running the government. It's not the government running the Federal Reserve. That's what they want you to believe. And so, read you, all you got to do is read um, G. Edward Griffin's Creature from Jekyll Isle book. He explains it all in more than information than you'd want to know. But this is what's going on in our world right now. Absolute control. World Economic Forum, you want to know what's going on there? It's World Government 101. They're working right along with the United Nations to push the Sustainable Development Goals, which is socialism. You really want to know what COP28 is all about? It's soft-sell socialism at the end of the day. 
And so you don't have to worry because the United Nations and all of its arms, everything that comes off of that, all of their agendas, human-induced, the, the propaganda of human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, that's all about socialism, redistributing the wealth of the world. Because they're trying to, to, they're trying to get everybody in a financial position to where they don't have the means to resist if a world government wants to take over in the future. You say, Dave, what's going to be the thing that gets us past all of this into a world governing situation where they, to a fully functioning world governing body, which is very prophetic, by the way. It was one of my next ones. You may have to get into it tomorrow. But one of the fully functioning world governing body, Revelation 13, 1 through 3. Well, that's going to be World War III. I talked to Gia, we're griffin about it on the program uh, a few months ago. And I said, would they be willing to start a world war to finally get their world government that they want? And Gia Griffin said, Dave, they would be willing to start a thousand wars to get the world government that they truly want. And I thought, man, that is so true. Once you understand the scenario of World War I, the League of Nations, World War II, the United Nations, but they don't have the teeth, the enforcement methods that they want now with their world government, the United Nations. Antonio Guterres has said that. We don't have the teeth that we really want. So, guess what's coming? World War I wasn't a big enough crisis. World War II wasn't a big enough crisis to get the nations to yield up their sovereignty to this world governing body and yield up their armies. <clears throat> guess what's coming? The Bible says World War III is coming. Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. Folks, we're living in the end time right now. And I want to make sure that all these prophecies are on your radar because we're living through them right now. The second coming of Jesus Christ is just ahead of us now. And I've got to be born again. I've got to be ready to meet him when he comes. God bless.